0: music again Jay you know the music you know the one that you did I love hearing it because it means it's time for you and I to get together and talk some Beatles music yes and uh I'm gonna name some songs Jay and I want you to tell me what they all have in common oh, okay okay all right let's see she loves you please please me Love Me Do It Won't Be Long All My Loving A Hard Day's Night And I Love Her This Boy I'll Be Back Things We Said Today Babies in Black Every Little Thing I Don't Want to Spoil the Party No Reply Ticket to Ride You're Gonna Lose That Girl Yesterday So these are all the songs that I picked that were my favorites uh, pre the song we're gonna talk about so do you know what all those songs have in common besides that fact?
1: They're all about love They're all love
0: songs. Isn't that sweet? So every single song that the Beatles, except for the covers, the covers weren't, some of the covers weren't love songs. (laughs) Nearly every single song up until this point was a love song. Typically uh, like a, from me to you, I love you. You love me, please, please me. Uh, And then, you know, when we get to help, it starts to expand a little bit. There's still love songs, like even help, which is this like great, introspective song is still a love song it it's is. about you yeah. know the woman pulling him out of it right yeah uh even even uh, you've got to hide your love away uh, maybe one of john's deepest songs still a love song
1: yeah
0: yeah until until we get to today's song i know right? oh, and that's yeah. when we rip the band-aid off and we have our first non-beatle love song in
1: honor uh, of that va- of valentine's Day coming. On Monday. Is it Monday? <laughs> In honor
0: of Valentine's Day, which, you know what, we should just release this puppy on Valentine's <laughs> Day. Here's a non-love song for you, everybody. One for you to enjoy. <laughs> Jay, talk to me about uh, Nowhere Man. How do you feel about this song? When when we started, when you started diving deep, what did you come up with? So, what did you learn? Well, so, so
1: I made a conscious effort this morning to try to listen to it as if I had never heard it before. Because, sure. like, it, it was – so my sister had the 62 to 66 Red album, yeah, um, yeah. which I played a lot. I played a <laughs> lot. And so, like, I'm pretty familiar with this song, you know. It's been with me for probably close to 50 years, you know. So yeah. – um, uh, Yeah, just listening to it this morning, it was like, ah, it's such a great vocal. And, like, we talked last week about what makes the classic Beatles song. I mean, those harmonies Mm -hmm. are amazing.
0: Man, maybe they're best since, like, this boy. I mean, they are so amazingly lush and this is I don't this is probably isn't the first time but when I was listening to it Jay that's what struck me as well like in Revolution in the Head he's kinda like oh Lennon had these really lazy vocals and it's like no, no, no. he's doing a character right I mean this is like really one of our first like Beatle character songs yeah and I that just makes and then you have these harmonies where they 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 do the original harmony yeah. and then they go back and layer on top of that so you almost have they're calling it three-part harmony but Jay that's six-part in there. I mean we're hearing some overtones and things they just sound so
1: lush and so good. They do. They do. And yeah. and so it was cool to hear it um and this is this is a song where you know i i talk a lot about the stereo versus mono and and yeah. this song is so much better in mono than it is in stereo like the
0: stereo why do you think that why do you think i heard that as well and why did you think that
1: um you know they paid more attention to the mixes but like they talk about like like George's guitar and like Paul has a great bit about like how they force the engineers to add more yeah. and more trouble to it. You know, it's like, that's not enough. Yeah. Run it through, you know, and the engineer's like, that's all I got. And he's like, we'll run it through another channel. So yeah. 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 And it's great. Cause Paul's like, if it weren't for us, they'd still be in, you know, white lab coats and ties, you know, totally. it's great. There's Paul has a great bit about this song, but, um, uh, you know, like the guitar, is really bright and and up front in the mono mix whereas in the in the stereo mix it's like way off to the side. So weird. It doesn't have the impact that the that the mono mix has. So anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's a shockingly great song when you listen to it. Kinda of when you kinda of listen to it with fresh ears. Yeah. You know, like the story is really cool. Yeah the stories that he's telling in the song. I mean, the only, well, I guess we'll talk about when we judge it, but I, I mean, there, I do have one small criticism of it. And I think that comes from playing it live, but, but we'll get to that. So how John brought it in, they're working on rubber soul. Um, and he writes in my life, like this, in my life has recorded two songs before this in the rubber soul sessions. Uh, so you think about that song and that yeah. is probably, I, I don't know, Jay, that that's maybe his best song. I, I, we haven't talked about that one, but I mean, it, it's up there for a day in the life with me. Any of Lennon's song, it's so great. And the fact that he was just 23 when he wrote it blows my mind. So he, he's at his house in Weybridge, right? So you have to imagine this is, eh, it's still kind of the height of Beatlemania. We're coming down just a touch. We are. Right. And I mean, we're just, we're, we're taking a few steps off it. Beatles for sale that we've talked about. I mean, even though we love it, it's they're road weary. And what blows me away right away thinking about this song, it's 1965 when that's just Beatles for Sale and Rubber Soul were recorded in the same. Anyway, that that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. So John's in his huge mansion, not, not living a happy life. You know, he calls it his Fat Elvis period. <laughs>
1: that's right. Which that's kind right. of
0: indicates, <laughs> um, you know, that he wasn't happy. You know, uh, that was how he looked back on this period in his life. He writes a song like Help, he writes a song like You, you Gotta Hide Your Love Away. Um, I'm sorry. I meant to say they recorded "Help" and "Rubber Soul" in the, around the same time frame, which always kind of shocks me. I think we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. But John's in his and he's trying to write a song. He's like, I, I need to come up with the goods. Uh, yeah, they, just they wrote... were on a
1: deadline. You know, which is kind of weird to so you... think about. But yeah, the Beatles had deadlines too. You know. So instead, so he's trying to write a song, and I'm sure he's
0: trying to write another "I, Me, You, I Love You," and he he gives up finally. And Lennon, who Maureen Cleave talks about, she hung out with him around this time. She's the 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 journalist who quoted him as saying he was more popular than Jesus. But believe it or not, there was more to the article. <laughs> Holy shit! Believe it or not, there was more to it. And John just kind of like. I don't know if he was lazy, but he's probably going through a depressive state, I would assume. And so he's exhausted. You know what I mean? He's like at this low point in his life. He's not happy in his marriage. He's gained weight because he's eating and drinking and probably dealing with things from his childhood, you know, as he as he's getting introspective. And he can't come up with anything. And then he goes to take a nap. And the whole song comes out. Yeah. He writes the entire thing. Yeah. Like start to finish nearly exactly as it's recorded is how he wrote it. They made, they come in, uh, when they start recording it on the 21st of October, they, they lay down a couple of tracks like rhythm tracks, think about it, come back the next day, do it three times. They use the second track, rhythm track. Is that correct? That was recorded that day. I think
1: so. Yeah. I
0: think that's right. I'm, I might be riffing this. They lay uh, the vocals on, the guitar solos, and then... Uh, so talk to me a little bit how that process worked as George Martin and uh, Norman Smith explore this song. Talk to me about how they, they, did, they did a little double tracking on this, right? So they recorded the rhythm track.
1: Right. Bass, drums, guitar, guitar. Uh, I or is think, it just guitar the first time, just acoustic? Th- I think John just put acoustic on. I don't... Because th- George... There, there's not a lot of electric guitar in this song. It's really right. just a sort of like a filler thing, you know, like with the cool chords and and the solo. But yeah, I mean through the verses it's just it's just acoustic. So, um it the electric guitar is on a separate track. So my mm-hmm. my thought is that it's bass drums, acoustic guitar that were laid down for the rhythm track and then George did what he did. So everything
0: H2. that I'm reading Jay talks about how uh We'll get to the gear when when Mal shows up, but that John John and George are both playing Fender Strats, doubling the solo. And what do what are your thoughts on that? Is that what you hear? Because I, I somebody on YouTube did this awesome thing where they just took the drum track, so you can listen to just Ringo's drum track, and then you can just hear Paul's bass, and then they have what they call the rhythm track, which is the acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and then they have another track which is like. It sounds to me like a Strat playing the same chords, kind of as the acoustic, and then you have the Is that just George playing the lead line, and John is playing like a rhythm underneath him, or are they doubling the lead line? Because I hear one thing, and people are saying the other. So what did, you have expert ears. So what do uh, you think? Well,
1: um, so George says that it was him and John playing the solo together. Yeah. Um so you,
0: do you hear that?
1: I do. There's definitely two guitars there. Now, the thing about that is that jo- John's not like that that double is pretty tight. And so I read something yeah. this morning where they su- somebody suggested that it's George and like he double tracked it and they bounced it together, which kind of makes sense too um yeah. since since those guitars are are living on their own track that kind of makes yeah. more sense than john playing i mean we kind of john's an amazing guitar player but he is not one for uh consistent detail, uh, consistent show. detail show right consistency's okay. not his strong point I,
0: when i listen to that kind of separated thing i'm telling you it just sounds like john is kind of playing the chords it's the weirdest thing and then it sound. then you hear this like double tracky thing come over it ah i mean i guess george says one thing we have to trust george he's not really around to change his mind <laughs> um but we do have the mccartney three two one that we can talk about a little bit where we hear let's let's talk about how they got that amazing strat sound for that right so mccartney and mccartney three two one says that norman smith tells him We can't get it any more trebly. And so Paul's like, no, turn the treble. We're going to turn the treble all the way up. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to turn the treble up, you know, on our our statsies, you know, everything going to turn it up trebly. And so they do. And it's still not trebly enough. And Norman Smith says, no, that's it. That's all we got. So how do they solve that problem? So
1: apparently, like, they took it out of out of like a line out of that channel ran it into another channel to add more and they had like outboard eqs you know who yeah. knows exactly yeah. how they did it but but supposedly like there's three times as much trouble as was to be allowed at Abbey Road at that point and so and so like I McCart like reading the story of how McCartney relates it is great because he's like you know we got him a- the, the engineers were kind of our age. They were coming up with us. We had some success. So we were feeling pretty confident about stuff. And so it was like, you know, we'd get them to break the rules. And so we were all like these like little like schoolboys, you know, you know, fooling the teachers. And it's such a funny story. But yeah. to think about like they're all like the engineers are. Younger than the Beatles, you know, and and the Beatles are early 20s, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, right. this is hilarious, you know, and they're all like, ha, we got one past them, you know, <laughs>
0: <Giggly>. <laughs> <laughs> but they come up with this like I don't I was trying to think of pre 1965, like other than. I don't know, like a surf sound. Where is there a better Strat sound than on Nowhere, man? When they play that solo, you can clearly hear that it's a yeah. Strat. hundred yeah, totally. percent. Like, it's never like, is that a telly? Are they, I mean, it's like they take Strats for the first time and hear, I mean, they just lay it out there yeah. on the song through Voxes. I'm assuming I, I didn't see that written anywhere. They had I, I don't boxes, think they've right, done they any fenders, fenders
1: yet at this point. The, yeah, maybe Paul like, had, the, franked, had the Fender bassman but uh yeah I, I i mean i think it's through boxes yeah
0: yeah it sounds uh really great and so they also again double track those vocals which is very important yeah. to the song yeah cuz when they play it live which i've got a clip that i'll play here where they they kind of tank it live is it from the anthology uh, we'll talk ab- I got this from live at the Buddha Con. You can find their morning performance. Oh,
1: morning. oh my God.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. It's rough. It baby. Yeah. It, is
1: really
0: it, rough. it is rough. In fact, I'll, you know, we'll get to it because there's a knock oh, at my door, Jay
1: <laughs> kick ass
0: because we have a lot of gear to talk <laughs> about. So Mal yeah, Mal's coming down the stairs, even with all of our technical difficulties today, there's still Mal. Hey, Mal. Yeah, Mal's walking us around Abbey Road, and he does tell me, yes, Jay, those are, in fact, Voxes there. We only see Voxes on the floor. Nice. That's what we see. Oh, now he's telling me a story about how prior to this session, uh, George sent him down to the store to go grab a couple of Fender Strats. (laughs) Oh, baby. So what does he bring back? Mal, you brought back two identical 1961 Sonic Blue Fender Stratocasters. Hmm. One of them is John's. We have no idea where that guitar is, in fact. And I did a little research. There's a thought that Yoko still may have this guitar. Mm. Whereabouts unknown? unknown? unknown Whereabouts unknown? Okay, George's makes a wicked transformation, Jay, oh, yeah. into Rocky. Yeah. So that Fender Strat becomes Rocky, which we see played on Magical Mystery Tour. You see it in, le- in the Get Back documentary. It's just sitting there. Whew. That this guitar is still owned by the Harrison Estate, so that's there. Oh, wait a minute! Now, earlier in the year, Mal is telling me that Rickenbacker, like the owner of Rickenbacker, said, "Hey Paul, I've made a left-handed Rick bass for you." And Paul was like, "Too heavy. I don't want it. You know, my play a little better than me offener, but my lighter, you know." Right? So, but he starts messing with it a little bit during the Rubber Soul sessions, and we hear it. On this song, yeah, faux show,
1: yeah. faux
0: show, the Rickenbacker 401s bass. This is the first left-handed bass ever made by Rickenbacker. It came out, uh, it came out uh, natural, I believe, is the color. And then he ends up psychedelic it up in Magical Mystery Tour. And then in the Get Back, you can see that it's it's like beat up. It's like the pickups are falling out, the strings are messed up. He fixes it, plays it in Wings. He still has this bass. It's sweet, Jay. Oh, it's sweet. There's a lot, a lot of money on that one. Oh, and Ringo, again, playing that Ludwig Oyster Black Pearl drum kit with the drop T bass. You know, the drummers are going to take that. Not us. What are you taking, bud?
1: I'm taking that Rick bass.
0: Oh, you're taking the first ever left-handed Rick bass. (laughs) I thought about that, but I know there's other opportunities when it's painted for me to take it. So I'm going to take John's Sonic Blue,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Mal. Yep, you can just leave it in the case. You had it the whole time. That's why they didn't. Mal's had it with him in <laughs> wherever he is, up in Pepperland.
1: <laughs> Daddy, where did you
0: go when you die? Pepperland. <laughs> Thank you, Mal. Oh, that was a good one. So I'm you now own a Rick, left-handed Rick. Are you gonna learn how to play a lefty?
1: Oh no, I'll just I'll just no, restring of not.
0: it. You're just gonna just hold on to that puppy. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm putting that strat in a sweet spot. Uh nowhere man. This is, this is where it gets a little interesting to me. Uh, in the UK, it's not released as a single, of course. It's on Rubber Soul. Right. Released December 3rd, 1965. One of the best Beatles records. I just love Rubber Soul so yeah, much. Yeah, so good. And when we dig even deeper, it's like one of the greatest acoustic albums ever made. So good. In the US, you know, we always think we do things better here. But here's an example where Capitol Records decides, no, 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 no. This does not go on Rubber Soul. We have a bunch of these songs just kind of laying out here. We got to make it. We got to make a different LP. So they release Nowhere Man, Jay, as a single.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Number In 66. Do Six.
0: you know what the B-side was?
1: Oh, I forget. What was it?
0: Ah, See, I didn't know this either. It's What Goes On. That was a B-side? Wow. What okay. were we thinking, Capital? How many drugs were we doing? Oh, they were just drinking. It was like Mad Men over there. <laughs> they were having <laughs> vodka for breakfast. <laughs> So number three hit with a B side, what goes on, which is just loopy. We'll get, I want to talk about how it ended up on a record. Rolling stone rates this as the number 66 Beatles song out of their top 100. Uh, Number 67. Oh, darling number 65 and I love her. So it's kind of sandwiched in there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think nowhere man might be a bit higher. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. with that. Let's
0: talk for two seconds, Jay, about the, uh, yesterday and today album, which in America, nowhere man appears on that album. Do you have thoughts about that record? I mean, we've named our show after it because it's so quirky and weird. And uh, it's the American version, if you will. Um, when you look at, I'm I'm just typing 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 up the track listing now. When you look at the track listing, it is pretty amazing. But
1: is it a good record? Uh, okay. Thoughts. Well, <laughs> just so, starting there. Like, I'm prejudiced to the English releases because, yeah. like, that's sort of how right or wrong that's how the artist intended it. So, like, yeah. I get a little purist about that, and so I think like all the all the American releases like I don't know what's on like I can tell you what song is on what album and the British oh, releases they,
0: huh, right like I have to look it up
1: right? <laughs> totally so this is side
0: this is side one of yesterday and today you're you're gonna. I mean you're gonna how could you not like it it's drive my car I'm only sleeping nowhere man Dr. Robert yesterday act naturally that's side one that's that's a pretty good album that's it a is solid Beatles album Side two, and your bird can sing. If I needed someone, we can work it out. What goes on? Day tripper. So it's like this combination of singles and rubber soul and revolver. And it doesn't necessarily work, but damn, that would have been a good Beatle record.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's you know? a great collection of songs, but that's. That's what it is. Is a collection of songs as opposed to an album, in my opinion. And the Beatles
0: all hated it. Uh, It went through. That's why they, you know, they did the smocks with the with the dead stuff on them. Uh, Their legend. They made the best out of a bad situation, and that (laughs) might be that record. Uh, This song is also on. uh, It's on Rubber Soul. Obviously. It's on the yellow submarine soundtrack, which many people forget about. Yeah. It's actually really great in the yellow submarine movie. It's on yesterday and today and the live version on the anthology. Um, what'd you find on your deep dive, Jay? Let's let's take a deep dive here.
1: So there's a somebody was talking about how uh there's a little there's a snippet on the anthology of them playing it live and like they're starting to tank which the We've seen, and Paul starts yeah. playing a note to get him back in tune. And so like for the second half of, of the acapella intro, they come back, but like by the second, second l- phrase, they're already like way out of tune, which
0: that's kind of cool Jay.
1: to see stuff like, like I don't think of, you know, I forget that like they're such amazing musicians and performers and they were so good live from back in their days. Like that's the sort of stuff that, like, when you're in the heat of the moment, like you you're able to do, you know. And so, right, like that just struck me as, like, you know, you think of McCartney, is like, oh, he's just, you know, he's written yesterday, you know, and it's like, yeah, but he's also really good at like saving shit, you know. He's a
0: conductor. He's like the he's the orchestrator of the Beatles. You know what I mean? He he was their music director unofficially for sure yeah totally i, I want to set this clip up because i do have this is a live at the budokan afternoon show which is notorious they they were you got to think of what they were used to performing they they had toured america where it was screams constant wall of oh, screams coming yeah, back at yeah. them yeah so they go to the budokan which people freaked out about okay they were like you know this is not what this is for and they were asked to be there, like trying to be very respectful and the crowds are very polite. So you, when you hear them introing the song, you hear these like, Woo! I skipped all the intro of the song. And then typically what happened, they'd start singing and people would scream. Well, that didn't happen here. And this is what we hear. <laughs> You can hear that they're off. It's like, <laughs> you never hear the Beatles bad and you can. So in fairness to them, the rest of the story is that they, they were like pissed at each other. Like, I cannot believe we just did that. They would shed it in instead of getting stoned or drunk. Like they typically would, they would shed it. And the evening performance is evidently one of the best beetle performances ever. Oh my God. Instead really? we wow. concentrate on the, it's so great, this, them, <laughs> crowd's like, <"Ooh." laughs> yeah. oh, here, here's where it really gets pretty. Listen, here we go. <laughs> but listen, we'll get to when we play it live because I have an example of us playing it live as well. That song is really effing hard to play and sing. Oh, sure. And that was an afternoon show, especially. Yeah. So just just thinking that, uh, I did find some things on the deep dive here. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of uh, cool things. Uh, we talked about that he he'd been sitting there all day trying to come up with a song, and he thought of himself sitting there doing nothing and getting nowhere, and out came, came the song.
1: Yeah, which is
0: great. Uh, again, it's used in the movie Yellow Submarine. They sing it to Jeremy Hillary Boob PhD. Who describes himself as an eminent physicist, polyglot, classicist, prize winning botanist, hard-biting satirist, talented pianist, good dentist too? I love I love that movie. It kind of grew on me. I kind of missed it when I was a kid, but when I had kids started watching it. Uh, it, this song is probably the first one that has nothing to do with love. We talked about that. I think that's pretty paramount, yeah, totally. when you're when you' when you're ranking this song, it's kind of their breakaway from uh, I think, in the Rolling Stone the guy from the Smashing Pumpkins Billy Corgan said this was their break okay okay Billy Corgan we'll take that yeah yeah anything else on your deep dive
1: um so uh this is my own deep dive i mm-hmm. i always used to think that he said bitch like you and me really yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it kind of works. It um, does work. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> um, we hear the acapella opening again a year later in *Peanut* Paperback Rider. Um, mm-hmm. We hear snare rolls later in All You Need Is Love, but we get a few <laughs> snare rolls from Ringo on this song, which I love. And I had yeah. forgotten about Ringo's snare rolls Um Until uh, Tom Rowland was playing him on All You Need Is Love on uh, New Year's Eve. I was like, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's snare rolls in that song, aren't there? (laughs) It's a really tasty little drum part that Ringo, and especially when he comes in off the top, I just think that's a real tasty way that they start. It's kind of like, and Ringo being Ringo,
1: Yeah, he rules. It's cool. Uh, That opening chord that George plays is not a normal chord, and it's... It's pretty fitting. I mean, it's not like it's a lot more subtle than like the opening chord of a hard day's night, but I would yeah. posit that it is as effective as that one. That's a super cool chord. Um,
0: Speaking of like in the singing, like at the very end when McCartney he kind of changes the way he's well, doing, yeah, it, it goes, he goes up at the end, making all his no implants for nobody. Full voice Macca
1: ripping that shit out. It's so cool. (laughs) Um, This is kind of, I think, and I think the Rickenbacker influences this, but we start to hear McCartney playing like he does on Sgt. Pepper on the bass. He's getting a little more melodic, a little... I hate to use the word busy because I don't really ever think of him as busy because it's so damn tasty. You know, I mean, he plays a lot of notes and something, but like, I don't want him to play any less ever.
0: Right. (laughs) And this is, this is like another example of that because it is really effing tasty what he's playing. He could have picked way easier stuff to play. Yeah. But he drives the song along. Yeah. It's it's... kind of like in that McCartney three, two, one, you know, where they have like, there's the clash of the Beatles against each other makes it so cool because what Ringo and Paul are playing is like super poppy, like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. But it's yeah. real folky what John is playing, and it just sets the song up just right. Totally. Just right. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, it's it's a folk rock song, you know. Dylan had gone electric earlier in the year to, to booze at, you know, Newport. And so, yeah, yeah. it's kind of the, you know, it's kind of where things are going um (laughs) two more things one of the few Beatles songs with three bridges we go to that bridge three times all the same sometimes they do a different bridge but um and one of the earliest appearances of the solo usually up to that point the solo had happened after all of the lyrics had been uh you know sang or you know maybe we'd come back to a third Verse that was a repeat of verse one, but this is the earliest appearance of a solo. So, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Interesting. That's all uh, it's a cool song
0: in 2003. John Lennon's original handwritten lyrics to the song were auctioned at Christie's of New York for 455,000 US dollars. That was wow. for our Australian friends out there. <laughs> 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 what do you guys have? Uh, and and then I love in this song facts it just said this song starts with three part harmony gee thanks that was a great deep dive moment (laughs) brought to you All right, let's talk about playing this song live Jay this song is uh, not easy Um, the vocals are extremely hard to pull off especially when you know that the Beatles are like double tracking those harmonies so when you're doing it live I have an example of us doing it and I don't get nervous because it actually surprised me. It sounded really nice. This is from, when did we record all those shows? 2017?
1: 2017, yeah. yeah.
0: 2017. So this was the 33rd song we did that night. He's a real man, sitting in his land, There's his that Jay. You hear Jay play that chord, and then Hanson tone. That song is, I, every time I hear that and I hear us doing it, I just think of, please, God, I hope that I didn't destroy my voice the past two weeks to sing those high McCartney <laughs> notes like right out of the gate. <laughs> and then you you want to get those lazy harmonies that they have. But I mean, it's so hard to pull off because, again, it was six Beatles as opposed to just three. So when you're doing it, it's uh, this one isn't easy at all the solo you got to play it right and it's got to be on a strat because if you like oh well i'm just going to play it on the casino no
1: no yeah it's it's got to have that biting like i can't i I too can't add enough (laughs) treble.
0: you're gonna have to run it through a different thing (laughs) treble it and make it more trebly uh it doesn't get requested a lot for our show which really surprises me this was i think growing up I would have thought this was probably one of the more popular Beatles songs. And I, I'm not sure why. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I know I from my brothers and I
0: growing up, uh, this was one that we didn't do because of this chord. It's a little odd to me. No, M, M, please listen. I didn't know how to play a G sharp minor when I was a little kid, so I would just play No, M, please listen. That's not right I don't. I didn't know what sharps and flat were Because I was a poor kid with no <laughs> lessons So imagine my surprise and I was like Oh, that's a- Please listen You don't I just love how he rides But you're missing Leave it on all- This part To somebody else You know what I'm thinking La 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 la. Mm-hmm. That's all I hear, you know. In the complete Beatles uh, documentary, that I think we talked about on this show. Yeah. This the, this one plays a lot through there, and you just hear that no man, please. <laughs> la, la la Just a great effing song. But if you're gonna do it, please take the time to learn the harmonies. Don't 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 mess that part up. And yeah. please play a strat. Yeah,
1: a they're an essential strat. part.
0: Right? Come on. Don't mess this one up. We're relying <laughs> on you. If you've learned anything in this podcast. Jay, it's so fun doing this. I'm starting to see on Twitter where I don't have very, very many followers. I, it's fine. I, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm fine. I'm like a Twitter follower. I just like read most of it. I don't respond to many or post many things. But like cool people are starting to follow me. And I don't think it's because of me. I think they want to follow you like, <laughs> like a certain 70s like not Yacht Rock, but like one of those kind of dudes started fo- like out of left field, followed me. And I'm like, huh, he can't like my takes on this show. So I'm guessing he's a Jay Hansen <laughs> fan. And he just like begrudgingly followed me. But it's cool. So again, we're out on the social media. I'm Billy McGuigan. That's Billy with a Y, M-C-G-U-I-G-A-N. You can go to my website. You can find us out there. Jay Smiling Face is out there. Again, he's a little harder to yeah, find, but there. he likes that. You can look for him on Instagram the most. Jay like, <laughs> Hanson music or something like that. Okay, it's now our time where we we rate the song because we peeled a lot of the layers of this onion back. You have a new Rick. I have a new Fender Stratocaster. Is adding That's a it good to the day. Collection. That's a good one. So now when people ask, "Hey, where is John Lennon's Sonic Blue Stratocaster?" Billy McGuigan's house in Omaha. Uh, when I say Omaha, I often wonder what our friends in Australia think of us. It's like they see tumbleweeds. Because when I say Australia, I do think kangaroo. <laughs> I think it Bondi Beach, and I think it kangaroos and the crocodile, hunter. But now that we've peeled all those layers back, Jay, it's time for us to rate Nowhere Man and defend our rating of Nowhere Man. Jay Hansen?
1: Uh I'm going eight seven. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's one of their. Really good songs as far as like you know harmonies. Um, I think it's important historically because it is to use Billy Corgan's word, it is the break of you know, here, here we're st- it's it's the unofficial beginning of mid period Beatles to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think historically because of that, it's it's kind of important. And you know, I am definitely never the East German judge, so I always. <laughs> I, I always mean, rate I, high. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go nine
0: three, Jay. N- oh, f- nice. And the only reason it is not a ten for me is when I'm playing the song, when that third bridge comes around, it seems like a bit much to me.
1: Oh, the third I, bridge. I, I'm not judging. <clears throat> we I used, nev- I mean, we I've never we used to not do the third as bridge
0: as John's worst song. But <laughs> I'm telling you that when you're singing it live and you're like, No, man, I'm like, really, we're doing that part again. <laughs> That's the only reason it's not like a nine point nine. I just I I didn't think I like this song as much as I did until I listened to it. The harmonies are just right. Maybe we don't hear that great Beatle Harmony again until so maybe because, you know, where they're all singing oh, yeah. with each other. I just it's so tasty. The fact that it's got that mystery to it. Like we Yeah, maybe John played it exactly the way George did. I just it doesn't feel like it to me.
1: Right, right. Yeah. N-
0: just because I would think that if you said to me, hey, let's let's play that in unison, I would end up being the like, he's, you know what I mean? I would just do the things that I do, which is John would do, you know? Like, yeah, I'll play with you, but I'll just play the colds, you know? Nice, agile, you know, I'll play the colds. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me, and that's the only reason it's not a 9-9. gets a little long, too. It's so fun, though. Great Lennon, and... When it's in Yellow Submarine, it just kinda ups the game for me a little bit because it kind of gives a little visual for it. Didn't realize it was a single.
1: I wouldn't. <laughs> it's a cool scene. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's a cool scene in the movie. It's a great scene in the movie. And this is just a great song. So if if you
0: know, it's very rare that I rate one higher than Jay. No, it, but I think it's because you convinced me. <laughs> you and our soft seventies rocker who's following me on Twitter just to hear Jay Hansen's takes. I'm sure he just likes to hear the way you say Neumann. He's like, Oh, that guy knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's been, uh, we've been looking through the glass onion. I'm looking, I've got this really cool, uh, I've got this like Beatles lamp thing right here. Uh, you, You can't see it, but I'm looking at it and it has all the Beatles singles on there. Oh, and there it is right there. The Nowhere Man single with What Goes On. How weird. Who knew? Who knew? I'm looking at it. So weird. Nice. So go out there. Listen to the live stuff. Watch the Beatles fail a little bit. You'll feel good about yourself. And <laughs> and hopefully, if you're like, oh, I'm going to play this live this weekend to my band, watch them do it again and then practice your vocals. And if you're going to play it, make this the song that when you're like, right before you're about to go on, just make somebody go, he's a real... And just start there. So... <laughs> So your butthole doesn't pucker when you start. Right. Um, it's one of those kind of songs, everybody. Jay, it's been just an absolute thrill and a pleasure, my friend. Right back at you, you my friend. We went we went all over the place today. We talked a lot about Nowhere Man. We talked a little bit about Yesterday and Today album and uh, Beetle Gear and all that. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again. I think I have a good one next time. Nice. I won't tell anybody because I don't want to jinx it, but I think it's a really... It's one you're gonna like. Ooh, cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. Here's the little... that was the hint for it. Did you catch that? Ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's kind of become my new favorite Beatles song. Is that weird?
1: Yeah, it's a great I think one. We should
0: talk about that. That's why. Again, I'm on my sixth time through Get Back, and I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I have dreams about the Beatles again, guys. It's like I'm 12 all over. <laughs> So, to all our friends out there, we're just riffing. We're just riffing. We're having a good time catching up, talking Beatles. Jay's in his like, Santa outfit. I'm still so in cozy. Santa
1: Juan Kenobi, is what I call it.
0: <laughs> it's so great. He's our Beetle <laughs> Jedi. Uh, we're out there. So, again, find us, talk to us, keep listening. We can't wait to do our next one. Because you know why, Jay? I, I dig a road hog. <laughs> well, you can syndicate any boat you're on. Yes, you can syndicate any boat you roll. Mm-hmm. He's a real. That's where you have to go. All right. Thank you, everybody. Till next time, we've been looking through the... That's oh, so